They did it. The Jayhawks are Big 12 outright champions. And no, that's not what all the hoorays for. That's the, the hoorays are for me being back on this podcast, even though you guys took such good care of it when I was out of town. But but don't worry, don't worry. We'll give you a, we'll give the Jayhawks a hooray. Would you maybe even say, Ryan, that you are feeling like William Eugene self with all this money that I own myself? Very, very I get where you're going with that. I understand the reference. This show is much better without the drops. So fun yeah. fact, it's it. Yeah, listening back to it, it kind of was. So this show, it was. So it's March second when we're recording this, and March first, twenty twenty two was the TCU loss. And I went back and I listened to our first show in March last year against our first show in March this year. Pretty pretty amazing the difference that three hundred and sixty five days can make for our opinions on. Damn it, Bill! Because, wow, we were not... He was not our best friend this time a year ago, and now... Well, we're. I think we're about to do a podcast where we question if he may be the best coach in the modern history of college basketball. Because all they do is win, 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 win. This is Inside the Paint. Landon, Nick, you guys did a great job in my absence. What was that like? A Ryanless podcast? Calmer. Maybe not as good, oh. but calmer. Well, I've been uh, dealing with airports today and flights and everything, so I may be calmer out of exhaustion. Uh, so you may get your wish, Nick. What was it like not having uh, not having your parent on the show? It was just you and your and your uh, twin brother to mess up the house for two hours. No stupid sounders. No uh, <laughs> super irrational opinions. Oh, no stupid ask RCB questions. Uh, it was good. Or you could argue and, exclusively. Me and, my, me and my brother are having a good time. Exclusively okay. stupid ask RCB questions, which are my favorite. This is great. It's great because we spend this. We spend the. Here's the thing. We spend the entire show doing a recap on Kansas basketball, talking about the players specifically, and then we open up for ask RCB questions that answer the questions that we answered <laughs> ten minutes ago. So that's what I love about that segment. I'm, I'm not going to complain well, about it well, today. I already I told Nick, you. You are in for a um, treat today. Yeah. I'll tell you and what. Our, our, and thanks to uh, Rock Chalk AJ on Twitter for making this an all-timer for the Ask RCB show. AJ, you are my favorite. I don't care how much Nick slanders you, uh, either on the show or off of it, but my gosh, you are my favorite by <laughs> I far. I feel like I just lost an Impractical Jokers episode, and I'm ready to get my punishment. <laughs> yeah, Nick has been on a heater in the group chat, and I expect that to carry on to this podcast, but it just may all go up in flames when we get to Ask RCB. But we're going to talk about your Big 12 champion Kansas Jayhawks and their continue to add to their winning streak they beat texas tech on senior night another senior day victory for the jayhawks but it was close a little bit closer than all of us anticipated and then the big 12 just about everything's going ku's way a top 10 battle for the jayhawks this weekend in the regular season finale but it really doesn't matter uh so we'll see whichever side of the coin we think that's gonna fall on could go good or bad in that sense and yeah, in between there is a whole bunch of Ask RCB. So here we go. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Jayhawks winning another senior night. Number three, Kansas, sixty-seven. Tech. Oh, oh, oops. We never said our names, by the way. This is inside the paint. I'm Ryan Landreth. Uh, I'm David W. Smith. <laughs> and I'm Smith W. David. <laughs> Number three, Kansas, 67. Texas Tech, 63. Well, it hurts you guys because you guys are a big Twitter presence. What if somebody wanted to follow you on Twitter and you didn't give them your name correctly? Just nukes any chance of that. 
you Twitter and entrepreneurs, all you want to do is be on Twitter. Okay, fine, whatever. Let's talk about the, the big, big 12 champs. They won the Big 12. They won it outright. Uh, it's becoming a... Uh, it's kind of like Groundhog Day. Every year, the Groundhog sees its shadow. Well, Rock Chalk Blog sees its shadow when in early February, they post, guys, the Jayhawks are still going to win the Big 12. And then the Twitter mentions fill with, no, they're not going to win the Big 12. And then in March, I post, hey, look, remember when this was the rational take that the Jayhawks are going to win the Big 12? They did. You guys' thoughts on uh, the so-called toughest conference, and I don't think we're really technically disagreeing with that. One of the toughest conferences we've ever seen in college basketball being completely wrapped up with a game to spare by Bill Self's Jayhawks. Yeah, very impressive. Obviously, uh, this, I think you posted on Twitter or you said it in the group chat or maybe both, Ryan, um, that this is one of the more impressive coaching jobs from Bill Self and one of the more impressive Kansas teams uh, at all because of the difficulty of this schedule. It's hard to disagree to be fair, I don't think I would put Kansas up there, this Kansas team, up there with some of their best teams of the Bill Self era, but impressive? Absolutely. Yeah, Nick, I posted on Twitter that I think the 25-5 and record that, by the way, is one better than this team had through 30 games last year. They were 24-6 and at this point. I posted on Twitter that 25-5 and through 30 games of this schedule is is arguably the most impressive record they have ever had under Bill Self through 30 games. Is that an overreaction? Possibly. Um, I, I I think I agree with that, but I also think personally the Big 12 is a little overrated. I think at the bottom of the conference, it's pretty clear who the top four or five teams are on the conference. I don't think the bottom of the conference is as good as people think they are. I just think that the round-robin format in the Big 12 really favorites favorites some of the teams in the bottom to get wins at some point throughout the season. But I, I you can't sit here and with a straight face and tell me Oklahoma, Kiss uh, Conference from top to bottom is is elite level. Oklahoma's not any good. Iowa State I don't think is any good. I don't think any any uh, West Virginia West Virginia is a tournament team, but I don't think they're that great either. I, I, I think it's very impressive. Don't get me wrong, what this team has done, especially with the roster turnover. And like you said, they're still top 50 in the net the entire conference, and that's impressive It's on its own. I just think that maybe the schedule has been a little overblown. This team is, is like normal Bill Self teams, finding ways to win close games in Allenfield House, which is you know their, their, their fortress, and they've stolen a couple of road games and one gotten a seven-game win streak, and I think that's helped them get to where they're at now. But, I mean, you can't complain about it. Fantastic year of coaching for Bill Self. I think he could honestly win uh, Naismith Coach, or Coach of the Year honors, um, whoever gives that uh, the, that award out. Um, he's been fantastic. Landon, I'd be interested for your thoughts on what Nick just said because on one hand, I do agree that most years when we sit here and talk about how great the Big 12 is, we're probably overstating it a little bit. This is a conference full most years of solid teams that we, we've seen them have eight tournament teams and only one of them makes a second weekend, a bunch of five and six seeds really. But this year I would say that may be a little bit more, I think the Big 12 is elite. I think it is one of the best conferences we've ever seen. Every team besides one is over 500. Every team besides one has at least 16 wins. Half the league has 20 wins. I'd be willing to bet they are the only conference in college basketball that can say that. And it definitely feels like, if for you can throw out, Nick says Iowa State's not very good. West Virginia's not very good. But relative to the rest of the conferences, how many other conferences can say their second and third worst teams 
are as good as Iowa State and West Virginia. In the grand scheme of things, I'd be interested to know. Not really. No one can. I mean, okay. I, I think to answer your point there, I think the nationwide – this is a pretty wide open year in college basketball. We like to throw that around, but really this year there isn't a lot of great teams. Even at the top, there's teams that are still taking losses, and particularly the ACC is garbage. SEC's you know usual SEC, and the Big Ten's overrated as usual. So I, I think nationwide you're starting to see this season just a lot more competitive with NIL and stuff too. I think that helps a lot, uh, and it's easy to just say no, they're not very good because they have a lot of losses. But I think teams are genuinely pretty even this year, and that helps for that case. See, I think the Big Ten is this year what the Big 12 was thought to be for all those mid-2010 years. One national title contender, Purdue playing the role of Kansas, and a whole bunch of like five seeds that are that are kind of tough, but not that tough. Landon, I'd be interested to know your thoughts. Is this Big 12, Dick Vitale called it the best conference we've seen in 20 years. Uh, I'd be curious to know what side of the coin you, you think it falls on. Is the Big 12 really good, or are we bound to see kind of everybody beat up on each other and it hurts them in March? No, I think this league is is really really good. Um, I mean, even think about TCU. Like the only reason they're even at where they are in the conference is because their two best players were hurt for a solid stretch. Especially their leading point guard was out for a stretch in the middle of the season. Um, I I think this Big Twelve t- conference has a couple Final Four level teams. Um, I think maybe they still only have one true national champion level team, uh, that in Kansas. But I mean, yes, Texas chokes in the tournament, but this is still a really good Texas team. Uh, Baylor is as explosive as anyone in America. Um, you know, even K State, they're gonna have a high seed in all likelihood. They're they're solid. TCU, K State's has in second upsi- place right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, TCU's TCU has an upside like few teams have in this country. Uh, let alone the conference, um, and even a team like Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma's not very good, but I think they would be, like, at worst a top 10 team in the ACC. Absolutely Oh, there's worst. no debate. They're a tournament team in the ACC. They would have enough wins to get that overall win-loss record respectable enough to do it. I agree. And whenever yeah. you look at the Big 12 in a nutshell, like, it's crazy because Kansas wins this league almost every year. Do you guys think that this is the most impressive of any of Bill Self's 17 conference titles at Kansas? Nick, I kind of gave my thoughts. I think this is arguably one of the more impressive that they've had. Do you agree with that? Yeah, overall, in the grand scheme of things, like Ryan said, I think I would agree with him that the Big 12 is, has had Kansas as their lone title contender for years up until recently, you know, with the, the, the Big 12 going pretty much three years in a row with the team in the national championship. I would say that this is probably his most impressive year coaching, particularly including the fact that the roster turned over seventy percent of its minute or seventy percent of its scoring. So, I know you guys were were only nine years old when the two thousand eight oh nine team happened, but I think that will forever be Bill Self's true best coaching job because he lost his entire starting five from a national championship contender, and that team started rough. They lost to UMass, they lost to Syracuse, they weren't even near the top 25 entering conference play, and then they just went on an absolute tear with Sharon Collins and Tyshawn Taylor leading the charge, the big win at Oklahoma, and they ended up getting a three-seed win in the conference outright. The second best coaching job I've seen Bill Self have was 2011-2012, when he took guys that were red-shirting 
uh, a year prior, and they went all the way to the national title game. Last year's right there as well, but this year I would say is right there with those other jobs because just like in 08-09, he lost so much, 70% of his scoring from a national title. And normally teams that lose, that win national titles lose everybody, and the next year is a step back. We've seen how many years is it in a row where the defending national champion has not made it past the Sweet 16? I think Florida, way back in 2007, was the last national champ to make it past the Sweet 16 the next year. It's just because this doesn't happen in back-to-back years. To, to have with the league that's been put in front of them and to lose all that, yes, I think that this is one of the three most impressive Big 12 titles Bill Self has won, one of his best coaching jobs. And Landon, there's a stat. Go ahead and talk about it. They've won 17 Big 12 titles, and there is there has never been anybody in the history of college basketball better at winning their conference or at minimum finishing very high in the standings as the guy coaching the Jayhawks. Yeah, 17 Big 12 titles, like you mentioned, in 20 seasons. That is just ridiculous. Uh, In 26 years as a head coach spanning Tulsa, Illinois, and Kansas, Bill Self has won 21 of 26 possible conference titles, finishing either second or third in all of the other five. He's never finished outside of the top three of a conference race in 26 head coaching seasons, (laughs) and he's won his league more than 80% of those seasons. Just absurd levels of dominance from Bill Self. If if this was a video game... Patrick Mahomes levels of dominance, if I I will. Yep. Worse than that. If NCAA 2K was still a thing, which maybe one day, and you won your conference 17 times in 20 years, you wouldn't keep playing that franchise because you'd get bored. You'd All have to turn they up the do difficulty. is win. Yeah, and he's done it with returning five starters, losing five starters, everything in between. He just keeps winning these conferences. It's it's psychotic. We could sit here and talk for two hours about how amazing of a job that Bill Self has done this year and all other years, if we're being honest. But it would become a little bit mundane after a while. Just take in what you're watching because this doesn't happen, the greatness. And I made a mistake on the last show I was on by saying Roy Williams only won the Big 12 four times in his 15 years because it was the Big 8 for half of his tenure, which he also won four times. Roy Williams won his conference in eight of his 15 years at Kansas. That psycho, more than half the time he won the league. And Bill Self has done it almost twice as often as Roy Williams has. Just insane level dominance from Kansas's coach. Nick, another amazing thing that this team does is they always win senior night. That is 40. Count them, 40 Senior night wins in a row for the Jayhawks. They haven't lost on senior night since 1983, which was the last year of the Ted Owens era. Ted Owens got fired after the end of the 1982-83 season because they were just 13-16. and 16. Larry Brown took over as the coach the next year. He won on senior night. He went 5-for-5 five five in, his, in his tenure uh, on senior night. Roy Williams went 15-for-15. 15 15. Bill Self has gone 20-for-20. 20 20. Add all that up, 40 in a row. How ridiculous is that on the list of all the Bill Self crazy stats? It's right up there next to Bill Self being undefeated on Big Mondays. Yeah. Yeah, because there have been some crazy senior nights. Last year, went to overtime with Texas. The West Virginia 18-point comeback was on senior night. They have had some crazy matchups that they've managed to come out ahead on. 
I feel like eventually we in the off season, maybe we just need to do whenever there's no news or anything. We'll just do an insane Bill Self stats inside the paint because we could go on for hours. With well, did this, you see Landon, the one? It's crazy. Uh, do you see the one that was uh, the top twenty-five wins in the last ten years, all programs, and there was a, a twenty-game gap between second place and fourteenth place, uh, which was Michigan State to somebody I can't remember who was in fourteenth specifically, but then the gap was also. 20 between first place Kansas, who had 80 top 25 wins in the last decade, to Michigan State's 60, which 60 is still really good. And that's that, that's NCAA wins, or what was that stat? Top 25 wins. Top 25, top wins, 25 wins in the last uh, in the last decade. Which I guess backs up the Big 12 is 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 it overrated? Is it really good stat? Because a lot of them are coming there. So Michigan State has won the second most games against top 25 opponents in the last 20 years. And they are closer to being in 14th place than they are to Bill Self in first place. That yeah, it's it's crazy. We really that, that we could go on and on with this. It's it's just wild. But instead, let's talk brackets. Uh, Joe Lenardi said after the Texas Tech win that Kansas has locked up a number one seed in his eyes. I was gonna ask where would you seed them right now. I'm assuming you guys would both say number one overall. What does Kansas have to do to ensure that they will be ahead of Houston on the curve? Because everybody wants Kansas City. This is the year that Kansas has a Des Moines, Kansas City path to the Final Four as a one seed. What do they need to do to finish ahead of Houston? I want both of your thoughts. Nick, what do you think? I think they need to win against te- at Texas, and I think they need to win at least two games in the Big 12 tournament. Get to the championship game. I think you've locked it up. I think there's a chance still, depending on what the other teams look like. Maybe Allium will take a, or trip up and take another loss there soon. Uh, but I, I, there's a chance maybe with just one win in Kansas City, along with the Texas win, that that happens, or Texas loss, and then you win the Big 12 championship. I think they could get the number one overall seed. Um, but I think that it, it's all dependent, like I said, on, on what happens with the other teams like Houston and uh, Alabama. I think if Kansas wins their next four games, they have it. Uh, that, I think, would lock it without a doubt. If they're 20... No doubt or, about that if they're, What would no that doubt. be at that point? 30 and 5? Uh, yeah. Or 29, uh, thir- 29 and 5? 29, 29 and 5, yeah. Um, yeah, that would do it. They're undeniably the number one overall team. Um, obviously, if they drop one in there, either to Texas or somewhere in the Big 12 tournament, uh, then it gets a little more iffy. Just, I think they're better than... They should be seated above Houston no matter what, in my opinion. Will they gets a lot more iffy if they drop one. Uh, but four wins, I think, 100% locks it up. See, I have I, a hot take on this. Okay, go I'm just going to say, uh, everyone's clamoring to be in the, the Sprint Center or T-Mobile Center and Kansas City for the that regional. I, I want Kansas in the West. The West is the the mock brackets I've seen in the West are so much more easy than what it looks like in the Midwest. When Kansas would probably be paired with Gonzaga, they always put screw Gonzaga because the Midwest the, the Midwest has the Big Ten, all, Big Twelve. They always put the best seeds in the Midwest. It just yep. it's just a phenomenon. The West always gets the worst possible teams. I don't mind Kansas playing in Las Vegas to be honest. Especially with you know considering are they even going to get to the second weekend? It doesn't even it's, it doesn't matter if Kansas doesn't make the second weekend if they're in the Midwest. So I think that the West is just as who cares about the number one overall seed? I don't want to be in the East. Probably the, they're not going to be in the South because of Alabama and Houston. But don't want to be in the East. West is I just look at that as a, a net positive. Honestly, if if people I mean, Kansas fans are, are great at traveling, huge alumni networks everywhere. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? It's a good I, take. It's a good take. I, I don't think it's a bad take. I'm waiting for the first head coach to play that 3D chess and pick up on that. 
Because eventually someone's going to figure that out. That feels like a, a, a next level sort of move. But I, I know people are freaked out about that Oregon game. That's the one in people's minds. But Kansas has still won like 78% of their 40-whatever games it is at Sprint Center or T-Mobile Center and herself. Like, they still should want that at all costs. Uh, but I don't know, Landon. It's a, it's an interesting thought for sure. Like, do you, do you want the lesser advantage to potentially play as your teams, even if it means you get Arizona out in Vegas in the Elite Eight? Uh, Nick is not wrong that the West is generally the worst region. It, it is. Um, however, I agree more with you, Ryan. I, I would definitely want them to play in the T-Mobile Center um, if they get there and play in Des Moines. I mean, there's just a level of comfortability that you're going to have in that situation when you are 45 minutes from your own arena, from your own bed for that matter, um, than what you would be if you were in Vegas or anywhere else. I mean, again, who like, I think Kansas can, can beat anyone anywhere um, this particular season. But I agree, I, I would much rather than be in the T-Mobile Center, I think that would benefit them a lot. And you don't have to play everyone in your region, you gotta play four teams. And I just like to reiterate, like, I'm, like if you have the number one overall seed, absolutely you want to be in Kansas City. I'm just saying, it's not bad if Kansas is not the number one overall seed and they end up in the West. I still think that's a good result for them. The only option that it would not be good for them, and maybe you could even argue it's not terrible because the it's in Louisville, right, for that regional, but the East is probably the least most place you'd want to be, or Madison Square Garden, excuse me, it's in New York for that regional. That's the place you probably don't want to be. But the West, if you're if you're forced your hand there, you lose some games, you lose to Texas maybe, or Alabama and Houston keep winning, you can't complain about going out to the place Gonzaga always gets their you know one seed before this year. Uh, and what do they do? They usually run the table until they get to the the regional semifinal or regional final when they play a real team. But outside of that, their you know 16 seed, 8 seed, 9 seed line is never very good. Let's talk about this game, and we're, uh, we're we went long on some stuff that's more important than this game, which is good. But let's try to let's put our hair on fire and fly through this here. My first question is: Was that basketball game awful? I think it was. Most yes, of it was. It was terrible. Like just just a horrible first half, especially. There were some exciting plays, but but geez, what, what, how many points did you say Luca and Kyrie Irving have combined tonight? It's more than this. Eighty-two. Yeah, that's a lot more than this. Uh, let's start with Jalen Wilson. It was a good night for Kansas, and it was a good night for Wilson, who led all scorers with 21 points on 6 for 16 from the floor. He did a lot of his damage at the free throw line, going 9 of 10 from the line and raising his percentage on the year to 77%. That's the good. The bad is Wilson was 0 for 5 from 3, which means he has now missed an unbelievable 17 consecutive 3-point baskets. Shades of TGF. And Tyshawn Taylor missed like 20-whatever-in-a-row in the last like 10 games of the year until the national championship game. It was an uh, it was a painful stretch through the NCAA tournament where he missed them all. Uh, Wilson's last three was in the opening minute of the game in Stillwater two and a half weeks ago. His season percentage is down to 33%. He gave a long but excellent speech after playing what is definitely his final game at Allen Fieldhouse. Should be a one-word answer, but curious if you guys have other thoughts. Jalen Wilson is 100% the Big 12 player of the year, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Yep. Best stats, best player on the best team. Whatever angle you want to say, he's the Big 12 Player of the Year. And uh, I know some KU fans don't love the fact that a Big 12 Player of the Year jersey is an auto uh, banner raised on the south wall. But Jalen Wilson's name will be right next to Ochai Abaji's 
on the south wall one day they're going to have back-to-back big 12 player of the years with a national championship sandwich in between them pretty amazing all right uh nick let's talk about grady dick because there's this one isn't going to be all fun and games yeah uh, grady dick is clearly uh in a slump 0 for 7 from the floor 0 for 5 from 3 35 minutes played 4 for 4 from the line though to get him to 4 points had five rebounds, a season-high four assists, and a couple of blocks. I mean, you pose the question, are we concerned? You know, it seems like we always we always ask that question after these after guys go through slumps like this. And I think there is genuine concern about, you know, especially this late in the season, why his shooting is slumping this bad. He had a lot of good looks in this game, wide-open looks that just didn't fall. And I know we like to play semantics, too, and like, well... Maybe he just was off that game and stuff. But is there? You guys genuinely think that there that something's going on there? Um, are you worried that going forward this season that that his shooting is going to be a liability for this team? Landon, uh, I'm going to give a stat before I throw yeah, it to please. you real quick here. So you had mentioned that Grady Dick is struggling, and I kind of fluffed it off on the last show. But there is a stat now. Uh, the last 13 games, which Kansas has played 30, so 13 is darn near half. The last 13 games, beginning with the game in Manhattan all the way to the present day, Grady Dick is shooting 31% on threes. So, uh, on six per game. So, it's a very big sample size. That's that's not good. Yeah, I am concerned. That's not me saying I don't think he's ever going to make a three again. He definitely is. Um, and I would even be willing to bet he's probably going to have a good three-point shooting game if Kansas plays enough games. My worry is is that you're going to see the VCU game happen to Kansas again. Uh, in a game uh, back in, oh. in 2011, they only made two uh. threes, lost the Elite Eight. I'm sure not too many of us need the reminder, or maybe no. we do because we force ourselves to forget. But oh, I don't want it. That's what I'm worried about, generally with this team, is Dwan Harris can make threes, but is not Steph Curry. Uh, Grady Dick is supposed to be really, really good shooting the ball, but has not really been in the last 13 games or so. Jalen Wilson's been really bad shooting threes in the last stretch of games. Um, so it is, it is concerning. I still really like Grady Dick. He's obviously a really high upside player. Um, he still is a defensive liability, but he can definitely score when he's on, just being on has been much more of a question than I think we anticipated it being back in December or even parts of January. Oh, for sure. Like we talked about, we just read his stats in the last 13 games. Well, I'm trying to get him for the first 17. Uh, I, said, also, the... oh, I was going to say also someone mentioned on Twitter, I saw it. They said, well, it's almost like conference play is harder than non-con. And okay. I get what you're saying. Grady Dick making mostly open threes shouldn't matter if he's playing Indiana Tech or or Oklahoma State. Like it's the same his... argument we give whenever we say, "Oh my gosh, why is Whitey McWhiteface three for three in the first half against Kansas's defense?" And it's like over the course of a year, it kind of all balances up. You're gonna have semi-open threes, guarded threes. Like it all, it, it's just it, they all get thrown in this big pool. Right, like an open three. If no one's guarding you against Baylor and no one's guarding you against, you know, Northwest Missouri State, like, in theory, no one's guarding you. It shouldn't be that different. And yeah. that's what a yeah. lot of his misses have been, are, are medium to wide open threes. 
you can sort Grady Dick's season out very clearly based on the first 17 games and the last 13 games because he averaged the exact same amount, 5.8 three-point attempts per game in both stretches. The first 17 games of the year, Omaha threw the Iowa State home game on January 14th. Grady Dick shot 48% on threes. The last 13 games, 31% on the same volume. Yes, they need to get it going. Yes, I'm surprised he's as streaky of a player as he has been, but he's also an 18-year-old freshman. Like It's it's amazing how, how good he is despite this being his first year. I'm with you, though, Landon. The VCU game is a great example. It only takes one bad game. Last time Grady Dick didn't make any threes, it's only happened twice this year now, was an Oklahoma road game. He came back the next game and made four and went off for a career high in Stillwater to follow that up. We'll see what happens this time because I think that they're going to need a lot more than zero made threes out of Grady Dick if they want to win in Austin. All right, Nick, let's talk about Kevin McCuller, who continues to play really, really well. The other KU senior that was honored in this game. Yeah, he was also celebrated for senior night festivities, and he scored 14 points in 37 minutes, led KU in rebounds with nine, and was five for 12 from the floor. His final bucket, a big FU to Texas Tech, came <laughs> when he snatched a loose ball right under Texas Tech's basket. I have no idea how that ball even rolled over to him. Still and don't. he somehow flipped it up and in, and he reached the 1,000-point milestone for his career. Remind me a lot of how Remy Martin reached 2,000 points in the NCAA tournament last year. Pretty cool. I think you mean 2,000, but yeah, with the banked-in crazy three that, that went into the, in the national title. Yeah. McCuller, great. I mean, you guys gave a really nice extended talk about McCuller in the last podcast that sums it up. Uh, high basketball IQ, knows how to get his teammates involved. And I think what Landon said on the last show is the best way that I can sum up Kevin McCuller. He knows his role. He doesn't try to do too much. He knows exactly what's expected of him, and he's a damn good basketball player. Had to feel good, Landon, for him getting two dubs against Texas Tech. Yeah, I, I was I was happy that he did make a couple of, of bleep you baskets against this team, considering kind of how the fans acted and what. And a big bleep you block. Yes, yes, and that last play was was very much along those lines as well. Um, yeah, it was no, it was good to see him play well. He's played really well for for quite a stretch now, um, which has definitely helped this team win as many games as they have. So not a ton to say about McCuller. That's kind of the the running theme for Kevin McCuller for the last number of games like not not really a ton to analyze just really excellent basketball on both ends of the floor yep the sort of guy that every team would love to have a team full of kevin mccullers and uh, obviously bill self loves him i think that the uh, extended portal that we're seeing now is going to present guys like kevin mcculler being on the raw being on the free agent market every year and bill self's always going to go find him one of those and more often than not with his coaching staff it's going to find a good fit uh, we really should talk about the game, but I really don't have anything more to say. It was just a classic. It was kind of like the West Virginia game. If you made the offense go down by 50% in quality, Kansas led, but they really didn't pull away. And then down the stretch, neither one of you had any doubt that they were eventually going to win. But man, it was just not very aesthetically pleasing to watch. Any Anything to talk about the flow of the game at all? It was very reminiscent of the early stretch of the Big 12 slate. Yeah, like the Iowa State home game, wherever it's like, they're probably not going to lose, but man, I don't really know if I want to watch this. Nick, they've just continued to win. They've won eight out of nine uh, since the uh, since the three-game losing streak. They've won all these conference games in a row. Is there anything that you've got to say about the game itself, a narrow win against the team that's probably going to miss the tournament? No, uh, not really. I mean, it, it, Kansas didn't show me anything new this game. 
they showed me that they can still win on nights where they're not shooting the ball very well. That's for sure. Um, so that was definitely encouraging. That's been encouraging this entire season is like you talk about teams who are successful in the NCAA tournament. They don't live and die by the three like teams like Alabama does and teams like Houston kind of do as well. So that's an advantage I do think Kansas has over some of the, the field going into this tournament is that they still find ways to win, whether that's driving to the basket, getting fouled, and going to the free throw line, which we've proven this team can do really well, or guys like Jalen Wilson finding high percentage shots at the rim, layups, dunks with your Ernest Uday. And uh, I think that's what's really been working and clicking for this team. And the defense, of course, has propped them up as well. Very yep. effective in this game at times. It was until the it was until the end of the game where the uh, Far- Farquaad, Lord Farquaad, whoever his name was, uh, finally <laughs> uh, started going Fardaz off. Fardaz Amick. Kansas yeah. Did, yeah, Kansas did a good job of defending him in the first half, um, especially with his size. So, I mean, overall, I think that it's still, you're looking at this from a lens of positivity. This Kansas team will not fold like uh, a table underneath a Buffalo Bills fan. Oh. They are finding ways to win these big big 12 games. Yeah, they're winning with defense and they're winning at the free throw line. That's a big that's a big pivotal point in being able to win without shooting the ball well from 3, just 22% in this game and it wasn't great against uh, against TCU the other night either, and they won that. Uh, and Jalen Wilson hasn't played well. Grady Dick hasn't played well at times, and they still win because they shoot well at the free throw lines. Good to see. Dewan Harris, 16 points, 5 assists, 2 steals, 38 minutes. He was an excellent 7 for 12 from the floor, making a couple threes, continued his outstanding hot streak of play. He didn't get much help, which is becoming a theme from the backups here. Uh, Joe Yesifu and Bobby Pettiford were both sick this week, so a little bit understandable that they didn't didn't blow it out of the water here Yesifu made an early three played nine minutes Pettiford only played three uh, so it was exclusively Dewan running the point for Kansas I don't think there's anything to analyze about Dewan Harris he's still criminally underrated and he just continues to be really really good Kansas continues to win every time he scores at least three points uh, so I guess Landon let's talk about the bigs I do want to say Dewan Harris is going to have a legitimate chance at All-American next season He's yep. going to be right And if not there. that year, the year after that, because you're probably getting two more years of him. Uh, but yes, the bigs, KJ Adams. He had seven points and eight rebounds in 33 minutes, but he did struggle defensively against 6'11", Fardaz, Amac, who I think a lot of people struggle defensively against because he's pretty good. Yeah, uh, He had 13 good. and 18 boards. Uh, both of them struggled to guard each other might be a better way to put it. Uh, but Amac certainly got the better of him at times. Uh, Uday converted a nice lob for his only two points of the night in seven minutes. Also, Ernest Uday, 17 of 17 from the floor in Big 12 play, shooting 82% on the year. Uh, he's been very, very efficient. See the goofy thing that he's going to go like one for five in Kansas's random ass loss in the Elite Eight because that's always something that happens to Kansas when that when when they lose fluky tournament games. Ernest Uday you... mid range jumper missed in the loss. Yep. Calling it now. Yep. Oh yeah, and that'll be the last of his misses, and then Bill will banish him on the bench. I feel for the like rest KJ is more likely to take a stupid mid range than Ernest. Ernest knows his role. I was surprised Ernest didn't play more on this team in this game. I thought he was the better matchup against Amok, who again, yeah, they, no one has a guy who's just a perfect matchup for him unless you have Zach Eady. Uh, but Nick, you've talked about wanting Ernest Uday to play a little bit more. Uh, I I would think somebody with that mentality would be a little surprised he didn't play more in this game. I think he should play more. What say you? I'm not surprised because, uh, you know, the, the cheer team I root for has a coach who has a two-bench auto, uh, auto, two-foul auto-bench rule. Remember, guys, does. those documents, that famed parchment paper <laughs> in the bridge between the DeBruce Center and Allen Fieldhouse, 
If you look in the third row, they had him on the KU jerseys a couple years ago, those famed (laughs) rules. It says every player who has two fouls in the first half must sit their butt on the bench. Um, So Bill Self's just following James Naismith's order. You know, it's James Naismith court. Um, But the reason why Ernest Uday, and I'm not worried about it, he hasn't been playing as much, is because he's a little bit foul prone. So it kind of negates why, you know, David Booth bought that document. So... Yeah, Nick. Nick kind of said all that needs to be said there. So I have one more question. Uh, how are this? How is Kansas going to honor Bill Self when he's no longer the coach? Uh, most guys would name the court or the building after the man, but uh, considering you got Fog Allen and James Naismith that own those distinct titles, uh, I'm sure Bill Self gets a statue. But what the heck can they do? They yeah. they, they got to do something. Uh, Bill Self bleachers <laughs> above Naismith Court at. Fog Allen Fieldhouse. <laughs> It'll just be the longest running name ever. Nick, any ideas? You're I, good at this stuff. I just think they're going to put a statue of him right next to uh, Fog Allen outside of the building. Yep. And hopefully it's, uh, you know, the gif of like Disco Bill Self that they use that late night with like making the peace sign and like waving it across his face with the sunglasses uh, on. I want it to be the Adidas chain across his neck <laughs> in that one video. <laughs> with, with a few dollar bills in his hand, like just to really yeah. get everybody all mad. 39%, 39% from the floor, 22% from three, eesh, and 82% at the line for the Jayhawks in this game. They were minus nine on the glass, but hey, they won a game when they shot worse than 40% from the floor. They did only turn it over five times. If they turned it over much more, they probably wouldn't have won. And another year with only one loss at Allen Fieldhouse. Quick, tell me the only team that went undefeated at home for Kansas since 2016. Which team was it? Mm. It was the twenty. It was the it was the bad team. It was the twenty yep. twenty one yep. team, wasn't it? No, it was twenty nineteen. Twenty eighteen, nineteen. Twenty nineteen. So, oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was either that, that or amazing? the twenty twenty team. That team lost to Baylor. So each of the last, this is it's kind of becoming like the Bill Self's. He, when he loses in the tournament, he gets his money's worth and loses by a lot. So Kansas's last four teams have all lost one home game, and they have been just apocalyptic blowouts 2020 lost one home game to Baylor by double digits they were never competitive in that game 2021 got obliterated by Texas the worst home loss in Allen Fieldhouse history uh and or no it might that might not be true it might be the worst loss in the self-air at home only home loss 2022 got destroyed by Kentucky you may remember that game only home loss this year got destroyed by TCU 23-point loss, only home loss. Weird. It's like they, they put all their eggs in one basket. When they when they drop their turd, they really drop the turd. Uh, but a good performance by KU. They are outright Big 12 champions. 17 titles in the last 19 years. 17 out of 20 overall. And uh, that was fun. Now we're going to talk about all the teams that didn't win the Big 12, which is always a really fun thing we do in March on this show. All right. Uh, Big 12 games. We tried to record this segment like 15 times, and we finally got it, I think. Uh, normally, this is the point in the podcast where we would talk about how other Big 12 games are going to... How's this going to impact the Big 12 title race? But it's completely over. We don't need to do that anymore. So enjoy these four games. Number seven, Baylor 74, Oklahoma State 68. Let's start with you, Nick, because the Bears earned a nice win and this, uh, the slumping pokes are still slumping. Yeah, I remember a time where we played a drop and it had a thing to do with Scott Drew and it said he was a... Uh a uh, lady part and now we don't even have to do that anymore (laughs) he's won a title since then and he's actually legitimately a very good coach who would have thought number seven baylor 74 
Oklahoma State 68, like you said, 11 threes for the Bears with three each coming from Jalen Bridges, LJ Cryer, and Adam Flagler. Keontae George did not play after suffering that injury against Texas, but it didn't matter. Four straight losses for Oklahoma State, who is right on the bubble, shouldn't even be on the bubble, entering the final weekend of the regular season. Big game Bryce Thompson, who only shows up against Kansas, apparently, fouled out and scored <laughs> nine points. I'm not. God, I didn't I realize that... that we had a, uh, a drop that said Scott Drew is an ovary. I, I missed that one. Uh, I was going to say, uh, Nick, in case you don't have eyeballs, um, boobs are not exclusively women's body parts, as uh, as unfortunate as that is to be true, but it is. Um, as far as uh, Oklahoma State big game Bryce, I cannot believe that I got a question from uh, – not a question. I just got somebody yelling at me one day about how, don't you know that Bryce made seven threes against Kansas because – He's an elite recruit that steps up in big games. Well, then this must not have been a big game. And none of the last four must have been big games because, yeah, four straight losses. I don't need Oklahoma State in the tournament. They're going to probably get in. We've been saying eight is the magic number, right? Every Big 12 team since we went to this new 18-game format in 10 years, every single Big 12 team that's won at least eight conference games has gotten in the tournament. Well, Oklahoma State's been sitting on seven for two and a half weeks, so we'll see. But they are on the wrong side of the bubble, according to a lot of the projection sites. Do you guys think they'll get in? I do, I think. Shouldn't. It'll be close. I think maybe. Because they're probably getting Oklahoma in that 7-10 Big 12 tournament game. You gotta think they'll be at least favored there. But if they can't get that done, then then I think they deserve to be parked at home. They're going to have a chance at K-State or whoever the hell finishes second if they win that, and we'll find that out. West Virginia, 72, Iowa State, 69. So I was on vacation this week, and I saw Iowa State was up by like five with a couple minutes left and stopped watching, and then I woke up the next day and saw this. What? What happened, Landon? Iowa State, they have completely fallen apart both on the court and off. As they've lost four in a row, eight of their last ten, they've also lost Caleb Grill, who is no longer with the team after, quote, failing to meet the team's expectations, end quote. Uh, so who knows what's going what on there? What say about Ryan on this podcast? <laughs> oh, ouch. Well, the, so the Caleb Grill, there's been a lot of, a lot of conspiracies about this. Uh, he had a back injury and uh, the, he, he, had, he missed some time, had a couple blow-ups on the bench in the last couple weeks. But this is a guy who went to, he transferred, remember, he was originally played at Iowa State. Then when TJ Olsoberger got the UNLV job, which he only coached for one year, he transferred to UNLV to be with TJ Olsoberger. And then when he got the job at Iowa State, Caleb Grill followed him again back to Iowa State. So clearly they've had a great relationship over the years. God only knows what happened. Caleb Grill also had a really dark and and just sad Twitter post about some of the mental health struggles that he's had. So who only knows what's going on? Obviously, best wishes to that guy. I hope he gets everything in order. But he's a big contributor, and losing his 10 points per game is big. He was a hell of a three-point shooter. Yeah, that'll definitely be interesting to see where the Cyclones go from there. Uh, It was a good win for the Mountaineers, who are probably ahead of Oklahoma State in terms of tournament contention. Eric Stevenson scored 23, and they ended the game on a 12-5 run in the final four minutes to win it. Yeah, I do think the Mountaineers are more and more safely in, as safely as you can be on the bubble. They have one fewer Big 12 win than Oklahoma State does, but they have a much better non-conference record and schedule. West Virginia has a 20-something point road win at Pitt, who's currently leading the ACC, and that ultimately may be the difference if only one of them gets in. Well, Pitt just right, lost Sam to Stone. Notre Dame, so let's not freak they out. They did, and they're still in first place. 
Like, they are the one seed in the ACC tournament entering the last game of the year. Number 11, Kansas State, 85, Oklahoma, 69. Well, we've all seen Kansas State get the big wins over the years, but the real mark of a really good, well-coached team, how do they respond in the games against the inferior opponents that would be easy to overlook? Jerome Tang continues to impress because they squashed Oklahoma. Nick, tell me about the, in all likelihood, lock for Big 12 Coach of the Year. Yeah, I think you tried to tell me like two weeks ago that K-State actually wasn't as good because they had a little losing streak like Kansas. They're phenomenal. 19 points from Naquan Tomlin, another 16 from Keontae Johnson, and Marquise Newell added 11 points, 10 assists. With tiebreakers, Kansas State second place heading into the final game of the regular season. You also said last month that K-State would not finish, in your words, in the top three of the Big 12. You thought they would finish closer to five or six. Uh, yep. There's nothing interesting to say about Oklahoma at all. Tanner Gross farted, farted, farted out. Sorry, <laughs> I had to double take on that. You said farted out. He fouled out with two points, which is half as many as the number of fouls he finished with. But guys, remember, he and his brother scored 38 points against Kansas in the NCAA tournament with a team called Eastern Washington. 58, not just 38. 38 would have been bad Sorry. enough. 58. Tanner almost had 38 by himself. Yes, I fired two bullets in the middle of the season when K-State and Iowa State were both, in my opinion, overachieving. I fired both bullets and said, they're both not going to finish in the top five of the Big 12. I got one right. I got one wrong. K-State, they're so well coached. I love how interactive Jerome Tang is with the students after they win these games. Senior night, all the players rushed into the into the student section and were celebrating with them. I think that's so cool. K-State's got a very likable team. They're very good, especially on offense, and the wheels fell off for Iowa State. Got one out of two right. That's that's not bad in predictions if you're <laughs> just wait till you hear our season recap show with our prop bets. If you think 50%, it's 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 pretty good for us. Number 20, here's the game that mattered the most to Kansas fans. Number 22, TCU, 75. Number 9, Texas, 73. It had all Kansas fans feeling, oh, so. Oh, I'm horny. And uh, I just wrote horns down, bitches. Take that, Landon. Tell me all about that. TCU, they led wire to wire in this game, overcoming an 0 for 8 effort, very uncharacteristic effort from Mike Miles, to down Texas and grant an outright Big 12 title to the Jayhawks. Damian Baugh had 24 points. Uh, I think someone else had 20. I can't remember who, but someone else did. Emmanuel Miller had 20. Yep, yeah, they both it. were really good. That was it. Uh, Texas forced 22 turnovers, still took an L, and owed to Shaka Smart. Yeah, Nick, and tell me about how Cam Lipple, our buddy and friend of the podcast, Cam Lipple, had a really, really bad beat at the end of this game. Yeah, Cam likes to bet on a lot of college basketball games. To his credit, he's up $70 this year. With the amount of money he's probably bet on college sports, that's pretty impressive. But Cam uh, decided to bet the uh, TCU minus three spread. He was texting <laughs> me about two minutes beforehand saying how happy he was that he was about to cash out, uh, I think, about $22 off of a $10 bet. And then that final shot happened in that game, and he did not make any money. Yeah, he was, it was, TCU was the right side. They controlled this game throughout. They were up double digits a lot of the second half, and then Texas down five in the final seconds, just lofted a three at the horn, and it splashed through the net. So betting on sports is tough, kids. All right, we have one week or one game left, so here are your semifinal Big 12 standings. Uh, number one, Kansas, 13-4. and four, The outright Big 12 title has been secured. In second place, a three-way tie with one game to go. K-State, Texas, and Baylor, 11-6. and six. Some, would, some would say this podcast is a three-way. Number mm, five, TCU, like is, is nice in as one. fifth place. 
because <laughs> I just said they are number five. They're nine and eight. Number six is Iowa State. Still in, but yeah, can't love the trajectory they're going. They are eight and nine. In seventh place, the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. They are seven and ten. In eighth place, West Virginia is six and eleven. Nine is Texas Tech, whose season the lights are probably out unless they win the Big Twelve tournament. They have fallen to five and twelve. And the team that we all knew was going to be bad, Oklahoma, dead last. Except Brian. Yeah, I I picked Oklahoma to finish third, I think, in the Big 12. Oops. Not 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 great. I picked Oklahoma to finish better than Baylor, and I only got that wrong by, uh, count them, seven, potentially eight games. Good job. Yay, go me. Other games. Well, I may have botched that, but at least I didn't botch anything as much as Alabama has the last couple weeks. They're still winning, though. The SEC title officially belongs to the number two ranked Crimson Tide, who overcame a 17-point second-half deficit. The Crimson Tide are just killing Nick. He is, like, Nick is is rooting so hardly for Alabama to lose, as is everybody else in America, and they just keep overcoming these crazy deficits. Uh, They forced overtime against Auburn with a wild rally, ultimately won 90-85 behind 24 points from Javon Quinterly. At 16 and one in the conference, Alabama appears to be Kansas's biggest challenger for the number one overall seed at this point. We'll see if they can hold off uh, all the the rest of the field in the SEC tournament. The biggest upset in the SEC took place in Lexington, where number 23 Kentucky's six-game winning streak snapped with a 68-66 home loss to Vanderbilt. Oscar Sheboy had 21 and 20. And still they lost. The Wildcats are tied with number 12, Tennessee, for third place. Number 24, Texas A&M, clinched second with a win over Ole Miss. Uh, Also in the SEC, Missouri, like Alabama, rallied from down 17 to win with their game coming on the road at LSU. The Tigers are 22-8 and overall. They're tied for fifth in the SEC, uh, but LSU, not very good. Is Dennis Gates the SEC Coach of the Year? Nick? Yeah, and in another conference nobody cares about. We've got lots oh, of them to cover. That was a, that was a big. Forget that, yeah, there was a question. But forget that question. Just, I don't care. Like Dennis go. Gates isn't very good. Uh, Missouri lost old. by twenty to Kansas. He's had a really good career. He's had a really good start to his career. Uh, Nate Oates, who boy, I don't know if the last couple of weeks have hurt his candidacy, um, but I think the Big Ten or the SEC Coach of the Year is probably a lock to be Buzz Williams. His second. Yeah, he's got the I mean, second. I mean, Texas a and done great too. Yeah, but Dennis Gates has had a great start. Missouri fans have to be optimistic about the the, the direction that's going. Something that is not going up. No. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, yikes. Hey, it was a TSA pat down, right? He was cleared for takeoff. Clearly the coaches, but which is also, I kind of believe that. That probably was what happened. Well, who who the hell knows? I'm glad, that, I'm glad I'm not an Alabama fan right now. I'm glad I root for a team that's always squeaky clean in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Nick, tell um, me. Clinching the Big Ten <laughs> was number five, Purdue, who is currently in a dogfight with Wisconsin, but they've locked up the league regardless. They're uh, an incredible eight teams with their 10 or 11 wins, which spans second place through ninth. Iowa blew out number 15, Indiana, at Assembly Hall, 90-68. to Ohio State upset number 21, Maryland. Michigan lost to the Illinois, uh, but hey, at least Illinois. Uh, but at least Jawan Howard didn't hit anybody in the handshake line this time. Uh, progress, Baby folks. Good job, Jawan. Uh, Northwestern slide hit a three in a row uh, with a home loss to Penn State. A lot like the city that Northwestern's in. Uh, a big slide. Oof. I I don't care about any of these Big Ten teams. Purdue's gonna lose to a five seed in the Sweet Sixteen. 
Zach Eady makes Yudoka Azabuke blush with how much they can hack him and he doesn't get calls because he's tall. Uh, and he's fun to watch, but Purdue got, Purdue is, I don't even know if Purdue's a top 25 team if you take Zach Eady off of them. Uh, I don't care about any of these teams. I think Indiana's the second best team in the conference, but they were not even close. And Iowa, we've reached the point in the season where everybody is terrified of Iowa before Fran McCaffrey inevitably loses to a double-digit seed in the first round of the, of the NCAA tournament. So looking forward to that. Look forward to all the experts predicting six-seed Iowa to go to the Final Four before they don't make the second weekend. Gross. Number 10, Gonzaga. Speaking of gross, Gonzaga exists. They played Chicago State at home on purpose. I swear, this game was scheduled. You know, they had like a week between their, their conference tournament starting and the end of it. So Mark Few's like, hey, we'll take Chicago State. They'll totally blend in with their other 50 shades of crap that we have in our crappy-ass league. Uh, Drew Timmy scored 17 points against this mighty 19-loss Cougars team. Uh, I have one question for each of you. Uh, why did this game get scheduled? Uh, about the same reason KU scheduled Utah or uh, Utah UTEP uh, a couple of years ago. They oh hey, hey UTEP Ken Palm likes those wins. Hey, you beat you yeah. beat a Chicago State by fifty. You're gonna be number one in Ken Palm. Just ask Houston. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You Houston beat Wichita State at home by like twenty tonight. I didn't even put it in the notes because. Nobody cares. Landon, people may care about the Big East, I guess. Let's go there. Yeah, the Big East is actually, there's legitimately good teams there, like number six, Marquette. They clinched an outright Big East title by blowing out Butler on the road. Number 19, Xavier is primed for second place after, after, I almost said after. What version <laughs> of English do I speak? Uh, taking down number 20, Providence on the road and hanging 94 points on them in the process. Villanova is one of the hottest teams in the country. They've won six of the last seven. If only they didn't lose the first million games of the season. And then there's yep. Georgetown, who is bad. They're seven and twenty-four, and they lost by forty to Creighton. Yeah, I'm just waiting sure for the did. inevitable time when Villanova gets this twelve seed in Kansas's region and KU loses. <laughs> I was going to say I will again, sleep with without <laughs> without Jay Wright. I am sleeping with one eye open until Villanova is officially eliminated from an NCAA bid. I, I when they lose in the Big East tournament, I will be able to sleep more soundly. Also, did I we get Creighton like wrong that. by just one year? Yeah, yes, we almost did. Creighton is terrifying. Creighton's if, gonna be like a seven seed, so hopefully they're not in the eight nine game, please. If you're a fan of uh, any team in the ACC, you're probably not sleeping very well after watching those games. <laughs> they're irrevel- irrelevant. Uh, there is a three-way tie atop the conference entering the final day of the regular season, but then Everybody again, who cares? Despite a bad road loss at Notre Dame, they don't like that. Uh, number twenty-five Pittsburgh <laughs> is in the t- is the top seed in the conference right now. They're Good tied Lord, with number sixteen horrible. Miami and number thirteen Virginia. Oh gosh. Yep, that's true. Jay Wright is true. certainly about sixteen ways losing to them in the tournament. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, Miami's the best uh, of those sorry, teams. Sorry, Tony Bennett, not Jay Wright. Why did I say Jay Wright? Hey, they kind of look the same. Miami is is far and away the best team in the ACC from an eye test perspective, in my opinion at least. Duke's beaten a couple of teams recently. They've actually won five in a row, and they, they won all their home games, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, here come the Blue Devils. Yeah, okay. North Carolina still shouldn't be in the tournament. I don't care. They've won three in a row. And Louisville, would you guys like to guess Louisville's record through uh, 30 games? Five and 25? Four and 26. 
Yep, Nick's right. Four and 26. Now, for extra points, name the four teams Louisville has beat this year. God, they started 0-9. Oh, did they Maybe beat Lipscomb Notre Dame. or did they lose to Lipscomb? Uh, they lost to Lipscomb. That was an L. That was an eight-point home L. <laughs> did they play? They beat Florida A and M, right? Yep, that's one. Uh, they did win two conference games. I don't remember against who, yep. but they did. Yeah, one of them one was of the against a team that was games. leading this conference for a while. Clemson. They beat Clemson. <sighs> yep, they. That's two. Yep, they Nick also Clemson. Georgia Tech. Oh. No, they uh, lost don't say the, don't say the last one. Don't say the last one. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Nick is Googling so be, quickly to see if he can pull up the ESPN. I know. Page. No, I'm not pulling up the other one. Uh, gosh, You're missing I, the I, one where they hung a season-high 94 points on somebody, and somebody named Ellis scored six, scored 30. Good for him. Yeah, I don't know. Their first win, they were 0-9, but probably nobody. Some, probably some podunk Kentucky school, you know, like Duke yep. plays Elon. You're correct. It's Western Kentucky because nice. nobody storms into the KFC Yum Center and beats them 10 straight times. <laughs> That's where they draw the line. 1 and 9 never looked so good on Louisville, who I believe has the same record as Cal. Both teams are 4 and 26. And the worst team in the Big 12 would beat either one of those teams by 70. Yeah, you are right about that. Ranked teams to lose since the last show. Number 15, Indiana lost to Iowa by a lot. Number 18, San Diego State lost to the Broncos of Boise State. Number 20, Providence lost to Javier. Number 21, Maryland, who I think the number 21 Northwestern team lost to Maryland. So then Maryland takes the number 21 ranking and they lose to a horrible Ohio State team. Number 23, Kentucky lost to Vandy. And uh, your ACC leader, number 25, Pittsburgh, lost (laughs) to a very bad Notre Dame to show you how well that conference is playing out. And then Mike Bray went out to the bars afterwards and was partying with some of the, the Notre Dame students. He, the Catholic Mike Bray, way. Top, top, <laughs> top five coach to party with in all of college basketball, Mike Bray, for sure. Um, yeah, that's uh, that was that was other games. Yeesh. Okay, Nick, it's time. All right, so we do ask RCB now. I'm about to now. be Mike Bray during this segment. Jeez. <laughs> Nick wishes he was at the bars at this point. Um, so Landon, I think what we have to do is we just let it go rapid fire and have Nick answer, right? These are all Nick questions. Most of them are. Yeah. All right, let's do it. At RockShock, AJ gave you a present, Nick. Um, he, he wrote a whole, 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 whole bunch of questions. I love you with my whole heart, AJ. Let's see here. Uh, let's start with this. So Nick, these are all for you. Landon and I can alternate reading the questions, but you have to answer every one of them. Here we go. Is it possible for Ryan to never miss a show again? I don't think he has ever disrespected an Ask RCB question, or a listener for that matter, the way Nick disrespected me. (laughs) Nick, I leave for one minute and you're disrespecting our most loyal question askers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to go great. This is going to be great. Uh, uh, Landon, alternate with me. Start the questions. From at Rock Chalk AJ. Who is most likely to get jumped in a dark alley for criticizing certain people's Landon. Ask RCB questions? I would have to say my vote is for Nick. <laughs> Who would win Ryan's the, the most in a fight? Ryan, oh, uh, certainly Landon or me, not you. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. Ryan, 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 is, is like Ryan might weigh 90 pounds fight, dripping wet. Well, thank you, Landon. That's very nice of you to say, but you don't have to butter my buns. You're, you can have the raise. Anyway, but I would still beat fine. you. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. It's not even comparable. So I would get jumped in the alley. Uh, how many dribbles do you think it takes the one Harris to get from one free throw line to the other free throw line? 17. Okay. <laughs> I guess it could. It's, it's, do you see Harrison Wilson? The few as possible. Do you see Harrison Wilson playing more than 25 minutes each on Saturday? Yes. Easiest question ever. Yes, they absolutely Yeah. For Sorry, sure. I forgot we're just letting Nick do it. Uh, you have to choose five KU Twitter accounts to play a half of basketball against the current starting five. Can I say, like, like players? Like, former players? Can, can I say, I say Christian Brown, Andrew Wiggins? Oshie, Remy, Martin, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, and Joel at, at Fields underscore Lando, at Ryan underscore Landreth, <laughs> at Al oh. Wipert, at uh, Evan Phillips, 4D5, at yep. Cam LeBolt Golf. Uh, and AJ adds, who would you choose that has the best chance to score 10 points? That starting five could play basketball for five years without stopping against it's Kansas. And we're not scoring 10 points. We're not scoring any points against Kansas. No, I mean, even with my launch at half-court strategy, a lot of those are getting blocked. So <laughs> They're all getting blocked. Hey, Nick, uh, from AJ, uh, believe it or not, which current KU player would have been the most valuable to the 18-19 team so they didn't lose the streak? Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> I don't think Wilt would be very valuable. He's not you have to go pick him up. Not yeah, current. you'd have to go pick him up every time he got knocked over. But I guess he could stand in the lane and block some shots. Are you Hopefully talking about like like has to be now, now, like like current like body or like in his prime? If you're no, going now, it's a current player. Which okay, team, which player? I don't think that. I think that. I don't think that counts. I don't think Joel Embiid is a current KU player. Oh, a current KU player on the 2018 team. Okay, sorry, I misunderstood the question. I would probably say um, Jalen Wilson because he's yeah, the highest. Yes. He's the best. That that team had Devon Dotson. With with Jalen Wilson, you could have sat Quentin Grimes on the bench and actually had somebody who could go who was good at that point. Yes, that's right. Rock Chalk AJ, if you had to pick one Space Jam character to play on this KU team, who would you pick and why? Oh, I don't know what Space. Fun. I don't that's, know what Space Jam is. What? Oh, you're killing me. Am I that old, man? Please that tell the, me you Is that the movie Space with Jam. Bugs Bunny and LeBron? That's the second it, one. Yeah. I have not seen it's, either. It's the, I mean, I Charles Barkley was it. the one in the original one, so I'll say Charles Barkley. That'd be fun, right? The new ones are like LeBron and Clay Thompson and Anthony Davis and all that. Like Any of them would be, would be perfectly fine in my book. That's your homework. Watch Space Jam. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, from AJ. If Nick was a walk-on for this team, how many total points would he score this season? <laughs> At least three. I'd have a three. No. Season. Okay, I'm throwing the challenge flag on that one. Nick. If Michael Jankovic well, can score a three in a, in a game in mop-up minutes, I could have put up a three and made it. Mike, how tall are you? Five foot eight. Mike Jankovic is like six foot three. He's All six is five. Open look. He's a good basketball player. Yeah, he, he legitimately is. I'm surprised we haven't had more. Should we give Mike Jankovic minutes? Ask RCBs throughout the course of this year. Uh, believe it or not, this next one's from AJ. The Big 12 first and second team get to play together as one team in the NCAA tournament. What is the chance they win it all? Ooh, like 50. That's a uh, that's a pretty good odds because the, that team could probably score and defend pretty well. Uh, you could, you know, basically I'd take Kansas's offense and mix in Jalen Wilson along with some of K-State's guards, and that would be a, a very good team. Yep, so percent chance they win it. You going to go 50 or higher? Uh, it's the NCAA tournament, so probably 33%. Okay, that's I think it's a problem. All right. Uh, hey, look, here's one from AJ. 
Uh, gun oh, to your head. Sweet. You have Welcome to, to the show, AJ. You have to pick one player to make five out of ten three-pointers, but you cannot Grant choose Foster. Grady. <laughs> oh, bang. <laughs> Hold on. We have a drop that would go really good on this show for that. Here it comes. <laughs> First shot, and it's up, and nope, it missed. Bye. <laughs> five out of ten. Charlie Moore, Tyon Grant Foster, Quentin oh. Grimes. <laughs> How many times can I push this all at once? Does it just keep going? There is Charlie Moore. Marcus Garrett. Oh, okay. The soundboard just Marcus Garrett. Uh, is this all time? Or, like, on this team, you're dying for sure. Ever? Steph Curry. Does that count? It doesn't say a former KU player. Uh, on this team, I would probably legit choose... Uh, Jank. Dewan Harris. Well, actually, yeah. It's it Mike Jankovic. Is. It probably is Mike Jankovic. He could save it. He could save all of us. Um, another one from AJ here. What current KU player... Would have been the most... Oh, you already read that one, Landon. Did we already do this already? No, no, there's more. Um, did Jalen's slight, slight dip in production, does that worry you? No. A tiny bit. Yeah, I don't think really. so either. I've compared him to Patrick Mahomes in the uh, November and December. Jalen Wilson can do whatever he wants in the regular season because I have all the confidence in the world. When it's time to focus, he will be very good. Just like I did in Wayne Selden. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, like the opposite of Wayne Selden, actually. Oh, hey, there's one I missed from... Wayne Selden was bad. From AJ. How many free throws will Grady make on Saturday? Four. <laughs> now, we're just, now we're just asking the <laughs> random things that pop into people's minds. Um, AJ says, how many bench points will KU have against Texas, Nick? Three. Oh, God, <laughs> Actually, I hope it's more than three. Uh, yeah, from, might be right. From, uh, from guess who? AJ. <laughs> how many KU players will beat Nick in a game of ping pong? Ooh, that's a, the best one yet. Probably like I mean, two. They have a... Max. I wouldn't okay. say any. The rest of the team would, but there's probably. I wish Rock Chalk Blog. Players. I wish the guy who tweeted from at Rock Chalk Blog wouldn't have said so many mean things about Bill Self over the years, so we could actually get some credentials to get this set up. Because I want to see Nick have a uh, a legitimate ping pong competition. They have a ping pong table in the McCarthy Hall. I guarantee there are some really good ping pong players there. At Rock Chalk AJ here. Welcome to the show, AJ. Happy to have you, sir. KU basketball loses every game next season. Oh my God, they're Louisville, but worse. How many KU Twitter accounts get deleted? Well, you know, there's a reason the drop exists i think a be better everybody. question would be how many ku accounts would be reported to the fbi i'm going to be placed <laughs> on the watch list so if ku won five straight national championships and then started the next season after that oh and five there would be people demanding yeah. for the coach to be fired correct yeah. that's that's yeah along be, those lines hard. we have a question from at rock chalk aj Bill Self wins the next two championships. Does he retire after next year, having won four total in and three in a row? Yes. yes. Yeah, I agree. I think if they win this one, you're going to start to see that, that yeah. kick the tire. I, I, he might retire after this year if they win it. Why would you not if you're Bill Self? Like, you can win. Go enjoy family time. The The days of coaches does he, going does until he enjoy their his 80s, family time? That's, I guess, yeah. AJ, ask us on the next podcast, then we'll answer. Uh, but AJ does, in fact, answer uh, or ask what percent chance that one of Grady, Jalen, or Kevin come back for another season? Very low. Jalen is not coming back. That is 100% over. I've never been more confident in an early entry ever, including Andrew Wiggins. He's gone. Kevin McCuller is not coming back either. He just spoke. Grady Dick's like what, like 5%? 
if he Brandon rushes his leg in the NCAA tournament, maybe he doesn't come back. I, or maybe he comes back. That's like it. Uh, speaking of players coming back, we have a question from AJ. Which current <laughs> Big 12 player would you like to have on next year's team? Ooh. Um, can I say Keontae Johnson, even though he's graduating? Or like, does it have Sir- to be someone coming back? Serge Barry Rice. Yeah, I was going to say Serge Barry Rice is good. He's, he's probably coming back, yeah. Uh, another one from uh, our buddy at Rock Chalk AJ. Um, uh, does Grady come back so he can have a better last game at Allen Fieldhouse? He should. Yeah. I don't see how he's going to get drafted, but... What? Was that, was that satire? I don't, underst- I don't understand how guys get drafted for slightly decent freshman seasons. I just don't get the it. N- the NBA draft. There's guys, potential. There's guys like Victor, and melted and there's, died. There's guys like Victor Wimbayama or whatever, who's literally like the best player to ever exist. And then Grady Dick's 0 for 7 on threes. And yeah, he's <laughs> going to be a lottery pick. Yeah, but he's only 18. Don't get me wrong. His development. He's had a great freshman year, but I think that he could very another year under Bill Self, and he'd be a first round. He'd be a top five draft pick next year. Grady well, Dick's the sort of player that's going to blow away the combine. He just is that type of player. There's also a reason that Victor Wenbanyama is by far, like so dominantly the lock to be the number one overall pick. Because he's seven five and plays point guard. <laughs> yes, that is a large reason why. Can't, there's a there's an 18 year old who shoots threes and plays point guard that is eight inches taller than freaking LeBron James. Uh, speaking of combining things and making uh, really good things out of them, uh, we have a question from at Rock Chalk AJ. The Big 12 <laughs> first and second team get to play together in the NCAA tournament. What is the percent chance they win at all? Did we already ask this? We yeah we did that. Okay. We're well. getting these, but we do have one final one from AJ. Um, Nick, I will accept a public apology for the blatant disrespect of Ask RCB and the segment. If this request is not met, this will be your Ask RCB life for the foreseeable future. If the disagree or if the disrespect continues, I will make it my goal to make this the longest segment of the show. He asked to read this one after we read all of his other questions. Wish granted. Nick, floor is yours. I'm sorry. There you go. <laughs> It was like his agent wrote it for him. It was so good. Uh, all right, let's do these other questions. At Show Me Hawk, who do you think makes the tournament between North Carolina or Villanova, and who would you rather have Kansas play? <laughs> I know my answer, but I'm absolutely not saying it on the show. I'm not speaking those words into the airwaves. No. It was it was Villanova and what else? Who else? UNC. Oh, uh, I mean, I would much rather play UNC. Really? I yeah. That I, no. It's the they're not the worst team though. They might be the worst coach. UNC ha- is the only one of those teams that has a shot of it as an at large. Villanova has to win their league. But Kansas they, has or they won't get in. not lost to UNC in the tournament in a very long time. Well, whenever I predicted them to beat Villanova last year as the two seed, which I have a drop for, they did. So I don't know what we're so scared of here. At Nace Wordsmith. Dick was really not working on senior night. What was the issue? Was he in the pool beforehand? You guys aren't going to get that because you guys are too young for Seinfeld, but I laugh. I laugh. I've seen Seinfeld. Not all of it, but I have seen some of it. Do you know the joke? Do you know that joke where he, you know, trying to... I I understand it from the gif. Okay, there you go. Yes. At at Dick underscore Taser. When did slash will you block Rock Chalk AJ? No, Rock Chalk AJ is one of the good guys because he likes to chastise Nick, and I find that enjoyable, so he can stay. Uh, From at C. Bruton KU Chiefs, uh, will DeWan Harris ever be an All-American while at KU? I think so. 
Uh, yes, he will. He's got two years left. He'll be an All-American in one of them. At not underscore Mr. Underscore Delecto, where do you get the best burger in Lawrence? Hey, I talked about that on my last show. It's called the Burger Stand. And it is no, on no, the, the Burger Stand is so bad. It's so bad. Oh, oh. First of all, oh my the Burger Stand. You said Brady cost... Dick is not going to be drafted, and that's your second I didn't say that. Take I said I was minutes. confused on why he was considered a lottery pick. My The Burger Stand is not good. There's for many reasons. It's an overrated burger. They don't have any good condiments for the burger. They have this stupid spicy ketchup that's not even good. Secondly, oh, the burger oh. stand, it costs about $25 for a, for a fries and a burger, which is outrageous, outrageous. And they have the audacity to ask you for a tip on the thing when you check out. Horrible, horrible. The service isn't even worth $25. The burger is not worth $25. I am telling you, that is the most overrated burger restaurant in, in uh, Lawrence and Topeka. Crazy, crazy talk. But you do have two different opinions uh, to choose from between his and mine. And I went there. Landon, Rock- you went. Wait, hold on. Landon went there with me one time. Landon, what are your thoughts? Did I? Yeah, to we did. Place? After you helped uh, to the burger stand in Topeka, after you helped me with the uh, oh, oh, Washburn yeah, yeah, University yeah. videos. Yeah, we did go there in Topeka. Uh, it was pretty good. It was. It was expensive. Landon, I, Landon was, was eats dryer lint and thinks it's really good. So <laughs> I'm not surprised. Landon is the human f- version of dryer lint. Hmm. What? I, how is that the case? We don't throw him in the trash. <laughs> so people are just opinionless not, on me and just written. Not, not a human version. Sorry. The uh, what is the word I'm trying? Personified. To, trying to think of? Personified by a, dr- a dryer sheet. I think that you're at least a yeah. fresh piece of dryer sheets, Landon. Not the lint that comes out. I'm of just it. I'll be a dryer sheet. I'm That's fine. Joking. I make everything smell nice. Here's one from AJ. Not a question, Not a but woman. I don't appreciate Nick calling out my Rodney Terry question with such hostility. I hope you can read the sarcasm in this, but I do want Nick to know that it is now my personal goal to ask as many basketball questions as possible, whether they be legitimate or stupid. Nick, you brought it on yourself. I mean, he's right. <laughs> he, yeah, I, he love the, I, I love the AJ angle. Because it's, it's proof that we have somebody who listens to the shows with detail. And cares like enough to, yeah. to think about it. I think that's awesome. I think that's great. Good on you, AJ. All right, Landon, we got we to gotta step this up. Go quick. Uh, at Grilled by Bill, pick two. Dewan Harris, Myron Chalmers, Devon Dotson, Sharon Collins, Frank Mason, Devontae Graham. Give me, uh, give me Graham and Collins. Uh, Mason and Collins. Yeah. All right. At uh, Loadwagon underscore Rock Chuck Jayhawk, who do you think steps up and becomes this year's Mr. March? I mean, I'm, they don't have as many. They don't have an all-America caliber player on their bench. Grady Dick. Joe Yesifu Joe has done things in March before. Grady Dick's a, a lightning rod. I like that choice. Landon, what say you? Uh, repeat that one more time. Sorry. I was looking at other questions on here. Who steps up and becomes this year's Mr. March? Oh, oh um, yeah, that is a good question. I, I honestly, I mean, it's hard to say he's going to step up more at this point, but I also think it's Dewan Harris. Yep, he's been there before, too. And the last one, from what I'm seeing, unless, Landon, you see anything else, at Ryan underscore Wilkes, 2710. What are you guys' favorite sports to watch outside of basketball? Uh, it goes one, NFL, two, college basketball, three, Major League Baseball, four, NBA. Um, other than basketball, I really love soccer and football. Or football and football, Yeah, if you soccer will. is like... I would rather watch darts than soccer on TV, really. Uh, it's It's a beautiful sport, man. Love it. It's great. Love those 1-0 finals. They're good games. I don't I don't watch any other sports on TV. 
And on Nick that doesn't note, if you ever watch have, almost any other TV at all, I don't watch TV or any streaming services for that matter. Let's preview a game. And if you ever have any Ask RCBs, send them to at Rock Chalk AJ. Number three, Kansas at number nine, Texas. And Saturday, the finale of the regular season on March 4th at 3 o'clock p.m. The Longhorns are 23-7 and on the season and are tied for second with an 11-6 record in Big 12 play. We previewed their game in Lawrence here a few weeks ago when they entered in first place and were two games ahead of the Jayhawks. Since then, in less than a month, they've been three games worse to fall out of first place. They can't win the league. They've lost four of their last seven to fall out of title contention. And in their last 10 games, they are just 5-5 five and five overall. They have hit the wall. The overall improvement on the season, though, for Texas um, has come a lot through Marcus Carr being better, uh, as he's now averaging 17 points and 4 assists while shooting a much improved 38% from 3. Wing Serge Jabari Rice, who comes off the bench, is the second leading scorer at 12 points a night. He also shoots the 3 well at 38%. Iowa State transfer Tyrese Hunter is the team's point guard. He averages 10 points and 3 assists per game. Timmy Allen is the main big man here, averaging 11-6. and six. He was particularly good against Kansas last year. A guy Ryan wishes was on Kansas's roster, Christian Bishop, and a pair of Dillons, DeSue and Mitchell, are the other bigs to note. Then there's Brock Cunningham. Uh, cue the white guy of the, the, the game music. Uh, we'll, With the we'll mustache. Make a cup who will make a couple of late game in the shot clock threes before going over eight in the three games to follow this one. Kind of, kind of like with TCU, what happened there. Yep. Texas has a very good offense. It's, we talked about this on the last time we previewed a game like this. Think of the Shaka smart teams, but flip it. Shaka's offenses were three point shooting teams and they played good defense. They turned it over a lot because they played really fast. Think remember Shaka unleashing havoc. That was his thing. They're like the opposite now. They they shoot the ball well, like Shaka's teams would, but they primarily play inside the arc. They draw a lot of fouls, and they shoot a great free throw percentage. They had a game just a couple weeks ago where they were 24 or 25. Carr and Hunter are a great point guard tandem. They protect the ball well. The rest of the roster is very deep, opposite of the Shaka teams. But Texas has been a defensive disaster over the last few weeks, and they shoot less than 35% as a team from three, which has opened the door for whenever they're not making threes. They haven't been able to keep up with their opponents that are outscoring them, hence the 5-5 five and five over the last 10. TCU was well on their way to hanging 90 on them before entering a, the toilet stall down the stretch. And Kansas obviously hung 88 on them in Lawrence. Kansas might have hung 88 on them in Lawrence, but they haven't won in Austin since the week before the Chiefs beat the Niners in Super Bowl 54. It was January of 2020. They haven't beat Texas in Austin in the post-COVID era. Uh, the Jayhawks are 8-4 and four in Austin since 2008. Also, Ryan prepared the beep drop as Ryan oh, put yep, in notes. Uh, uh, yep. Um. Oh, am I supposed to read it? Okay. Um, no, no. Uh, Texas, Texas and... And, uh, and also... The SEC. Aren't you glad that was a crystal clear transition for us there? We, we're good Beautiful. at this on the, on the, Great radio. the podcast. All right, so this game really doesn't matter. Kansas could lose 100-0. They could win 100-0. And at the end of the day, they're going to be outright Big 12 champs. But there's a couple different angles here. Like, will not having anything to play for lead to them playing loose like they did in 2017? Entered the final game of the regular season against Oklahoma State and Stillwater and just rolled. They had nothing to lose, so they just went out there and had fun. Or could it be like in 2018 
when they ended the year in Oklahoma State. They didn't have anything to play for, and they went out there kind of looking, eh, and they got blown out. What do you guys think happens here? I think Texas is going to continue to slide a little bit, and I think Kansas is going to finish the year strong. Kansas is hunting a number one overall seed. I think they're going to want to play in KC. Um, so I think I think you're going to see a Kansas win here. Texas definitely has something to play for as well. Uh, Big 12 tournament seeding is not really important, but they do have that to play for, and Texas is certainly chasing a two seed um, still. I do think you're going to see Kansas win this game, get off the schneid in Austin with their recent string of L's. Um, I don't know. Let's see. What do I think the score is going to be? I'm going to say Kansas wins 80-75. to um, I think you'll see a little bounce back from Grady Dick. I think he'll go like 3 of 8 or something from 3. Um, yeah, I think, I think you're going to see Kansas finish the Big 12 slate strong and, uh, and win the conference by a, a game or two outright. All right, Nick, what say you? Before Texas lost to TCU, I thought that, you know, they would beat TCU in this game would be huge for their implications. Now that I see that from the angle that it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, I think I agree with Lennon and believing that Texas will continue its slide. Uh, give me Kansas 74, 77, Texas 74. I really want to pick Texas to be different because I'm trying to catch Landon and pick them. And because they're on the road against a top 10 team, I wonder how much they're really going to care because the league's already outright. But I just can't predict Bill Self to lose to an interim coach, especially on a slide. He is so good in these spots. They are so good down the stretch of Big 12 play. And I, it's hard to believe that Texas would go from 8-2 and two to 11-7 and seven in Big 12 play if they lose this game. But that's also what Texas does. They blow Big 12 leads. And at the end of the day, I think you get the, we're just out there going to go play loose and just have a blast, Jayhawks, that already don't turn the ball over very much, which is what that Texas has really done well on the defensive end, taking the ball away. Kansas is a much better three-point shooting team, even with their struggles. I think Kansas wins and, and slams the door shut on, on what needs to happen for them to be the one overall. I think they win 83-74. to 74. And uh, we just see the, the loose, free-playing Jayhawks do their thing against a team that is heading in a completely opposite direction than they are. Other games, Big 12 here. Last five games of the Big 12 regular season. Uh, what set, What happens here? Number uh, nothing. Iowa State has not been ranked for a little bit. Iowa State at number 7, Baylor on Friday night. I believe that game is uh is that did they get moved no it's no longer on friday night okay they usually this was scheduled on friday it is now on saturday who wins baylor by a lot of points yeah baylor yep, yep. agreed number 11 kansas state at west virginia a win gives the wildcats the number two seed in the big 12 tournament do they get it i like the cats mountaineers playing for the tournament lives get a win a huge win Darn it, Landon. Yep, I agree. Uh, number 22, TCU at Oklahoma. I think the Sooners are are dead on arrival right now. They have nothing to play for. Give me the Horn Frogs. Yep. Yeah. Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. Boy, I'm conflicted on this. I want to say Oklahoma State, like West Virginia, gets it done. And I think Texas Tech has to feel kind of KO'd. But also, it's really rare that teams win at United Supermarkets Arena. I will take the Red Raiders. Yeah, I always go in Red Raiders as well. Hmm. That's a tough one to pick. Uh, I'll go Oklahoma State. Other games. Number two, Alabama at number 24, Texas A&M. It ain't going to matter for SEC title chances. So in that case, I will take Texas A&M to take down an Alabama team that's been playing with fire for a bit. Yep, same. Yes. Number 23, Kentucky at Arkansas. Does the cat slide stop at one? 
Yes. No, Arkansas. Darn it, Landon and I are just in each other's heads today. Yes, I agree, Razorbacks. Number 25, Pittsburgh at number 16, Miami. Give me the Hurricanes big. I think they win the ACC to the best team. Same. Yeah, do not trust Pitt at all. Give me the Hurricanes. Number 8, Arizona at number 4, UCLA. Bruins have already secured a Pac-12 outright title. Do they add to it with some flair? Wildcats. Yeah, I'm going to take Arizona here as well. No, I think UCLA is the best team in that league. And number one, Houston at Memphis. We're running out of chances for the Cougars to go down. Does Memphis do it? Yeah, they do. Yes. Really? Wow. Yeah. No, I don't even think it's close, but I hope you're right. I will happily take a pick L for that to be the case. All right, our next show is coming out on Sunday. We'll do our Big 12 Awards. The regular season is almost over, and then it's Big 12 Tournament Week. A week from today, we will be watching Big 12 Tournament Basketball. Uh, this podcast comes out on a Friday. We're recording on a Thursday. It doesn't even matter. Big 12 Tournament Games on both days. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is Inside the Paint. I'm Ryan Landreth. I am Jada Pinkett-Smith. I am Sir Jabari Wipert. <laughs> Sir Jabari Wipert would be the best baby name of this year if you uh but that requires a baby so Nick I, I don't think you can help me in that regard because last I checked you can't have any babies so until then until Nick I, I mean I, a- I could it'd be a terrible choice and it's not gonna happen but I theoretically oh, I meant could. because like you a, don't at have, least I know I, I meant that you don't have like the parts but you could you could become a father but you cannot have a baby technically oh yeah well that's not possible Well, we'll see. Anything's possible if you try hard enough. We'll see. All right. Good job. Bye, AJ. You're the man. Thank you, AJ.